we could just do the benediction and go home. <laughs> Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Glory to his holy name. To God be the glory. You know, my wife um, questioned all the time. She said, babes, why are you still nervous? No, but, you know, when you know what you are and you know where you are, and you have all reason to be nervous. But we have a God who sees behind all of that. And when you say, here I am, Lord, use me, he will use us. You know, um, I wasn't supposed to be um, speaking today because I'm not preaching and I, I'm not supposed to be, I wasn't supposed to be speaking today. Um, my matter of fact, I wasn't supposed to be speaking anytime soon because um, next week was supposed to have been my time, but we have a pastor coming in. So I was off the hook totally. You know, I was totally off the hook. Then last Sabbath, our dear brother had elder say, Elder, you're on next week. I said, no, 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 no. I'm off. I'm supposed to be on next week. He said, no, 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 no. You're on this week. So, you know, I'm, I'm never really one to fight with my loved ones, you know. So I, 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 gave, I gave in, you know. And God have a way of doing things. God have a way of doing things because last Sabbath morning, as I've been doing for the last nine years, I send out messages. You know, I start out with, with my family. And then, you know, my family stopped receiving the messages and they came out of the little group that we were in with except probably four or five were in there. So I start adding, adding my friends, start adding, you know, my church family and, you know, and now it goes, it goes to England, it goes to, it goes all over. And now it's over a hundred that I send out each morning. But last Sabbath morning, I sent a message to a young lady and after I sent the message, it just keep dawning on my mind. Ask her how she's doing. And you know, I, I still keep sending the messages, sending the message, sending the message, but that young lady just keep coming back. And my mind just keep telling me, ask her how she's doing. So I decide to scroll down and scroll through and scroll through and scroll through and I found her and I asked her, how are you doing? And she replied, and she said, why do you ask me that? Like, you know, sometimes, you know, um, text message can be very deceiving, you know, because you don't know the, the, the mood of the person sending the message, and you, the receiver of the message, can take the message wrong. Because when she asks, why did you ask me that? And then she followed through with, with, with a continuous message and she said, um, did the spirit ask you to ask me that because I'm not doing well? You know, she said she's not doing well. And when she put the spirit in there because, you know, she's not the kind of person, she's trying. She's trying to come to Christ, but, you know, she's trying. So when she said that, I was like, okay. So I told her 
I'm getting ready for church, but if she would like to talk, let me know. I have a couple of minutes. And she said, I'm to call her. So I called her and we started a talk. But before we go into the, please turn your Bibles with me, please, to Job chapter one. I'm just setting the, for the message. This is not our scripture reading as yet. Job chapter one and verse six. And we will read verse six and seven. It's nice to hear the Bible leaves turning. Thank you guys for taking your Bibles. And it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And look who came. Satan. Satan came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and forth on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Jump over with me, please, to verse number two, to chapter two and verse one. So uh, Job chapter two and verse one. And it says, again, 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 there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them and present himself before the Lord. Let us pray, please. Heavenly Father, Lord, O oh God, we thank you for this another blessed, beautiful Sabbath morning. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercies. Lord, none of us have done anything to deserve to be here this morning. But because of grace and mercy, because of your love, we are here, and I want to say thank you. Father, I'm asking you to hide me behind you. Let every word that come out of my mouth be your word, dear God. And Father, open the hearts of us, your children, to receive and to accept your word. Let no offense be taken, dear God, but let us see ourselves and know that we need to come and reason with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our scripture reading this morning is taken and now we can go there to Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. You see, I was a little boy, very little boy, little, little boy. I don't remember who had told me about God, but I was being told how God was good. But I was also being told that if I'm not good, then God would punish me, and there would be brimstone and fire. So, I wanted to be good. As I grow, I start asking questions of 
Why did this happen and why did that happen? And where was God and where was God? But everyone, would told, everyone told me that you cannot question God. And I had a problem with that. But because I fear God, and when I say I fear God, I mean I was afraid of God. So I wouldn't ask the question. I would leave it alone because I was told you cannot question God. Fast forward to 15 years ago when I gave my life to the Lord. 15 years ago when I decided I didn't want to be the life of the party anymore. I didn't want to be in the entertainment industry anymore. When I didn't want to be smoking weed anymore. And I didn't want to mix Hennessy with Hypnotic and Alize and Red Bull anymore and call it Superman anymore. When I didn't want to be moving from ex-girl to the next girl anymore. When I decided I'm going to give my life to the Lord. It was March of 15 years ago in Pentecost and more that I surrendered all to the Lord. And the first revelation I had when I gave my life to the Lord was Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. The question that I've been asking for the past 36 years prior to this time was answered. Because here the Lord revealed to me in Isaiah 1 and verse 18, he said, come and let us reason together. Says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be as wool. So now I know I can ask the Lord questions. So everybody who were telling me that, oh, you can't ask the Lord questions, I guess they were not in the word. So, the conversation with myself and the young lady is where I got the inspiration from for our message today. Amen. Come and let us reason. You see, this young lady is one of those young ladies. In Jamaica, we would say she was born with a gold spoon in her mouth. I remember days when I would have a suitcase of money for her dad in my house. And we're not talking about liquid drop of money. A suitcase of money. You see, I knew when her mom was pregnant with her. And after her mom gave birth to her, I saw her when she was two years old. And I didn't see this young lady again I didn't see this baby again until she was a grown young lady. I saw her for the first time since she was two years old, the day after she graduated from college. 
She was about to go and party in Houston. She graduated the Friday, and the Saturday she was on a flight to meet up with the rest of her friends in Houston. She's a party animal. And she had a great time plan. But God had a different plan for her. The Friday of her graduation, her dad sent me a picture of her graduating. The Saturday night, my wife, my son, and myself, we were, ha we were out having dinner when her dad called. And her dad said, I need a favor. She left Florida. Her dad lives in New York. I'm here in Texas. I'm here in Dallas. Her dad said, I need a favor. Say whatever, ma'am. I'm here. He said, my daughter was off to Houston, but she's at Lovefield Airport. How far are you from Lovefield? Because there is no flight going off to Houston tonight. Money is not her thing, so she could have gotten a hotel. I told her dad to give her my number, and I took her number from him. And we made the connect. My wife said, let's go get her. No, I haven't seen her since she was three years old. But I got the, look how God is working. I got a picture of her the day before. We went and we got her. To be exact, Elder Wilton had a, a get-together at his house that Sunday. And we all were there many years ago. We made that connection and we never lost that connection. I only hear from her when things are real shaky. And she wants someone to talk to outside of her company. We on the phone. We meet, we greet. I told her, talk to me. She said, ever since I got married, it's like my life is a living hell. She said, there is a third person. My husband allows somebody else in our marriage. You see, we are in a marriage. And we have let others into the marriage. God is the husbandman. Whom we, when we gave our lives to him, we have a marriage. And a marriage that we say we would have been faithful to the end. But along the way, infatuation and the love of the world gets in the marriage. We bring everything that we can bring into the marriage. And brothers and sisters, God is hurt. God is hurt. He declared that he's a jealous God. As we continue the conversation, this young lady, she was hurt, and she was bitter. 
As we conversate, I had to stop the conversation and I told her, I have to say this because I admire this about you. Regardless of what she was telling me about her husband, she never knocked him down. She never spoke bad about him. We come to church and our member of the congregation rubbed us the wrong way. And everybody knows about it. We sit at our table with our friends after church and we congregate and we not the church. We bring out how evil we are. This young lady had never, never, never at one point spoke bad about her husband, but she was grieving. God will never speak anything bad about us, even though he's grieving. We grieve God every day, but he loves us just the same. Like I say, I was coming to church, so the conversation had to end. Then come Sunday morning, and she called. Now I have all the time until 12 o'clock to talk to her. And we continued the conversation. She said, my marriage is a covenant. We have a covenant with God like God have a covenant with us. But like her husband wasn't keeping his part of the covenant, so we are not keeping our part of the covenant with God. We do everything that we can to bring the worst out of each other. But yet we run around and we say, oh, we are Christians. We point finger on each other's weaknesses. Instead of us building each other up, we break each other down, but we say how we love Jesus. The young man wasn't there to defend himself. And like I said, this young lady never put her husband down. She never. But I'm only hearing one side of the story. And I know how this young lady can be. Some of us are born with traits of our parents. And I know her, her mom can be. And I know her, her dad can be. And I know how that young lady can be. You see, when you grew up and you, you went from the minute you were born, the Louis Vuitton was there and the Gucci was there and the this were there and the that were there, and you come up and you capitalize on all of that. She, didn't just, she doesn't just have brain. She has beauty with the brains. And she capitalized on everything that her mom and her dad had given her. So I asked her, are you the problem? Did you run your husband to this? Because sometimes we just take one side of the story and run away with it. There is no one side to any story ever. She said, no, my husband is the alpha male. I respect my husband. She said, we might have our little 
but I've never given him any reason. We conversate and we conversate and we conversate. And I said, take me back to where you guys first met. I sound like I'm a counselor, don't it? <laughs> I said, take me back to when you guys just met. She said, you know, actually we knew each other from when we were kids. We grew up together. We used to play together. We were friends. And when we grew up, we met each other again, and it was easy for us to start a relationship. You see, brothers and sisters, a lot of times we stray away from God. We stray away from God. And for us to come back to God, we have to go back to the basis. We have to go back to where we met. We have to go back to what had brought us together. What did you love when you first gave your life to the Lord? What was the relationship like? What kept that fire burning in you? Sometimes for us to go forward, we have to go back. We have messed up all the way going forward and we still want to push on. God wants us to come and reason with him. God wants us to come and reason. We pray and we pray and we pray because I know for a fact that Garland, if there's nothing about this church, this is a praying church. And we pray. Yes, we pray, we pray, we pray. But God wants us to come and reason because some of us are broken. And we know we are broken, but we are hiding our brokenness. God wants us to be repaired, and he's the only one who can repair us. But for us to be repaired by God, we have to come. We have to reason. We have to reason about what caused us to be broken. Some of us, is self-destruction. And we know. But we are fighting it. We are pushing it. I don't want anybody to know. I don't want this person to know. I don't. And you know what? Sometimes a lot of the problems that the world is facing now stem from the church. Okay, sometimes it's easy to tell the world our problems than to come, than to come to brothers and sisters in the faith. Because when people trust us, we reveal what they have told us in secret. All this week I've been trying to, to put a message together. At one point I went to David and Jonathan. At another point I went to... But everything just keeps coming back. The conversation that you had with that young lady is the message. Because just like she came to reason with me, this is how we need to be reasoning with God. She chose somebody out of her circle to reason with about the situation that she was going through. How many of us today can call 
a brother or a sister. How much of us today, or many of us today, can even call our very family members when we are going to a situation? Some of us can't. But we have a God who we can call any time. He doesn't have a phone number. All we have to do is just say. The words don't even have to come out of our mouth. Because we can pray in our minds. We can pray wherever we are. But we need also to listen because God wants our attention. He wants to reason with us. So when she told me how they met and how their relationship and this young lady could have been out there just enjoying herself. But this young lady got married. And this young lady said her marriage is a covenant. She said she doesn't want her marriage to end up like her mom and her dad. We spoke and she said to me, when you go to church on Saturday, is that your day for worship and then Sunday is the rest day? And I said, no. When I go to church on Saturday, that's the Sabbath. That is the rest day. Sunday, you know, is the first day of the week where I, I can start my working and I can do everything up to sunset Friday evening. And between sunset Friday evening and sunset Saturday, that's the day of rest called the Sabbath. As we conversate and we conversate and she expresses herself. I said to the young lady, tell me a little bit about your husband background. She said, in recent time, he lost his mom. And his mom was his rock. She says shortly after he lost his brother. And his brother was like his best friend. She said following that, he lost his grandpa, who was his mentor. I said, listen now. Did he get any counseling? for any of this? She said, no, he didn't get any counseling. I said, I'm gonna say something. And it may, you may not like it, but hear me out. I say, your husband loves you. Your husband loves you. But there's a situation all the people that you just called just now are the people whom your husband loved who are not around anymore. And he doesn't want to lose you whom he loves also like he have lost everybody else. I said, where's your husband at? She says she don't know. I said, you need to go find your husband. Your husband need you. We need to go find God because we need God. 
We running around and we trying to solve everything and we can't solve anything. But God can solve everything for us. God is ready to reason with us if we will give him the time. The young lady said, I had never ever thought about that. I've never thought about what he is going through. No one had ever told me what you just told me. She said, my husband can be tough and all of this and all of that. But my husband have a soft heart. I said, well, that's what's going on right there. He loves you and he doesn't want to lose you. Like he have lost everybody else. I followed through on Tuesday. I asked her because I don't want to crowd her and all of that. And Tuesday, after I sent her her message, I asked her, how are you guys doing? Is your husband home? She said, yes, he's back home. You see, God wants us to come home. God wants us to come home. God is doing everything for us to come home. What's keeping us out there? Is it that we love darkness more than light? Is it the darkness in the world that we can hide under the cover of darkness and enjoy the pleasurable, sinful life? Because I can tell you one thing. Sin is sweet. Sin is sweet. Don't let nobody lie to you about. Don't go try it if you never tried it before, though. Don't, don't, don't go try it. But I can tell you, sin is sweet, but the consequences of sin is bitter. Bitter. And there is consequences for sin. But there is hope in Jesus Christ. There is hope in Jesus Christ. And our only hope is in Jesus Christ. Did we realize this week while we were doing our Sabbath school lesson, when Jesus came into the garden, the man and the woman were supposed to die on the spot. They had sin, and when we have sin, we cannot see Christ face to face. Even though they hid themselves, God took them out of their hiding place. They stood before God. The glory of God should have consumed them right then and there. They should have been cremated. But grace and mercy, grace and mercy preserved them that day. Grace and mercy is why we are here today. Because if our mother and our father and Adam and Eve had died that day, what would have happened? Not only would we have died, but God would also have been defeated. Because Satan would have said, see what I told you guys about? See why I got kicked out of heaven? So it wasn't only man that was facing judgment that day. God was also facing judgment. I followed up yesterday and I asked her, how are you guys doing? 
Now, Thursday, how are you guys doing? And she said, oh, um, he said something that I don't like. And he's in his lane and I'm in my lane. Can you imagine if God was to stay in his lane? If God was supposed to stay in his lane when I mess up, what would have happened to me? God cannot afford to stay in his lane because the lane that I'm in is leading to perdition. God has to come and snatch me out of that lane because he doesn't want me to be destroyed. I followed through yesterday because I've been praying for them. I've been praying. I've been praying. And I followed through yesterday and I said, how are you guys doing? And she said, we good. We good. Where is our marriage with God? Where is our relationship with God? What's our relationship in our homes? What's our relationship in our families? What's our relationship like at work? What's our relationship like when we are where nobody knows us? What's our relationship like when the sun goes down and the moon comes out? Brothers and sisters, we are all in a marriage. We are all in a marriage. Jesus Christ is the husbandman. And he's coming back for his bride. And it is not for him that any should perish, but for all to come to repentance. Whatever the situation may be, in your marriage, the husbandman is waiting for us to come home. Thank you very much. God bless you. Before I pray, I just want to um, read this testimony on behalf of Sister Viviro and her daughter Nadine. And as elders say, they're in Houston. You know, they. Um, having um, treatment for cancer. And this is what she wrote. Good morning, Elder. We're doing well. Praise the Lord. The cancer in her blood, in her blood count is decreasing from 58 to 28%. She still have chemo and other treatments to boost her immune system this week. And next week, she is going to have bone marrow biopsy. Overall, the doctor says it's progressing in the right direction. Amen. Also, we are in Houston for the last five weeks now. God's willing, we are going back home next week. Thank you all for your, thank you all and all church members for their continuous prayers. God bless you all. So, you see, when we pray, God answers prayer. It doesn't matter what the situation is. We just need to give God time to do what he's doing. Let us pray. Father, Lord, oh God, we thank you 
for the message that you have given us today. Father, we thank you for your holy presence here today. Father, as we go from the sanctuary, let us remember that we are on the Sabbath. And Father, as we go, let us never go away from you. But let us come and reason with you, dear Lord, so we can have fellowship. Father, we thank you and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' blessed name I pray. Amen. Amen.